right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. We don't got time for that, all right? Let's go. Crank it. Crank it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. I'm Derek Johnson with Nick Springer. Yo. And on today's edition of the show, guess what? We're talking KU football. Who would have believed it uh, against Texas? Nice. We're going to be joined by Henry Greenstein of KUSports.com at 340. Uh, Greg Ostertag, former KU basketball legend, going to join us on behalf of the National Kidney Foundation. They have an event going on in Kansas City on uh, October 8th at 9 a.m. for the uh, Kidney Walk. Uh, he's going to join us at 4.30 here. We got our KU mailbag at 4.05. You can get in any last-second questions yep. at RCST 1320. We've got a lot We do have a lot, so no promises we get to it, but we will but, get know, to it at least next week. This week, week next know, week, At whenever. some point, right? Yes. The question will get answered. Yes, at We some are point. a show of the people, by the people, for, <laughs> for the, the people. people. If you ask a question, we will get. We will answer. Yes. Uh, we also have audio to get to, some player audio, Brian Borland audio, and Florida Man Mad Libs will come up in the 5 o'clock hour. RCST is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. So, uh, as we do on Wednesdays, we get to our midweek thoughts of the upcoming game on Saturday. This game is obviously against Texas. 2.30, pregame 1 o'clock here on your original home for the Jayhawks with KLWN. Uh, let's start with what Texas does well. Offensive side of the ball, balanced offense. They average 35 points per game. You look at Pro Football Focus, and this is the seventh best pass blocking team in the entire country. A really good pass blocking, and that comes against some pretty good fronts. Like, uh, you know, for all of Baylor's faults, you think of Dave Aranda as being a pretty good defensive yeah, coach. Yeah, like they should know how to play some defense. Right. But maybe I mean, they, Dave Aranda, they held Utah down, right? Well, it's possible Dave Aranda just stinks. That's also so. possible, too. And, and they did get beat up for Texas State. So who knows? Maybe Baylor sucks. Uh, maybe Alabama's not that good. I don't know. I, I'm honestly more. I'm more impressed by Texas putting up 34 on Alabama than holding Alabama to 24 in that game. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think Alabama's yeah. offense is very good. Yes. No, but I, I think Alabama's defense is very good. And the fact they put up 34 yeah, is probably that. indicative that, like, oh, you could easily give up 48. I'm still you know? salty about that game because uh, the over-under in the game was like 54, 53 and a half. I bet the under. <laughs> At the end of the third quarter, it's like, 13 to 9 or something or whatever. I don't even know what it was. It was like 16, 13, 6, you know. What regardless, it was very the, the then Texas scored like three touchdowns in the first 5 minutes of the fourth quarter and I lose. <laughs> so I'm still upset about that. Well, I'm sorry for your individual loss. Um <laughs> But no, man, I mean and the offense is very good. It's it's very clear. And Quinn Ewers has been very efficient. Whether it's all him, whether it's progression that he's showing more comfortability with the offense, whether it's partially him, and whether it's him just playing kind of game manager and getting the ball to a bunch of elite targets, whatever it is, it's working. 12 total touchdowns for Quinn Ewers to zero interceptions. He has an 82 QBR to this point, so so far he's been good. Um, Lots of targets, great athletes to to get the ball to. Jatavian Sanders, their tight end, is one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the country, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, Brock and, Bowers is on his own tier, but after KU that— just didn't even know. try to guard 
the tight end against BYU. At so least that, in the first half. That's yeah. going to have to change. Uh, Xavier Worthy, one of the best receivers in the country. He's more yeah. of a... a I mean, he's, he's the best receiver KU will see, I think. Yeah, right? probably. I'm trying, I'm to, trying think. to think, like, Oklahoma doesn't have that guy know. this year right no, now. No, they don't. Yeah, right? They have don't, a, don't they have, don't have another Stoops? But he's not that good, right? Do they have the, the Drake Stoops kid? No, uh, I think it's another Stoops. It's a different one? I think okay. it's a third Stoops. Stoops lineage will not end. No, the third um, Stoops has hit Oklahoma. <laughs> they might. They might. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, who would be? Texas Tech has has a really good receiver. Uh, yeah, this is probably it. Xavier Worthy's. I mean, certainly best. if you're looking at, like, NFL, he's so good with the ball in his hands. He's less yeah. of, like, a possession guy. So that'll be interesting to see how Kansas kind of deals with that. Um, A.D. Mitchell was a former Georgia-like stud, and then he came over to Texas. He's had a good year. Jordan Winnington is more of your like big-body possession receiver. So they have different receivers who can do a little bit of everything. The running back is really good. And all of those guys I mentioned uh, outside of the running back have double-digit catches this year. They yeah. spread the ball around. They do have that solid running game where they're averaging over 150 rushing yards per game. The, the running back, who was the third string last year, still had over 100 yards rushing against Kansas in the game because everybody did for Texas. Uh, the offense is very good. Yeah, to me, a couple things that stand out to me here. Number one, I think Kobe Bryant has played well enough to this point in the season that if I'm Brian Borland, I'm saying follow Xavier Worthy everywhere he is on the field and just match up one-on-one, and that, that will allow us... That will allow Kansas to then focus and you know worry about Javon Sanders and just, just say, you know what, Kobe Bryant, if you... If you believe you are a first-team All-Big 12 corner, if you believe you're playing to an All-American level, which we've kind of talked a little bit about earlier in the week, go be one-on-one against Xavier Worthy, and I'm just going to let you do your thing. Just, 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 just go be one-on-one against him. I would, I would approach it that way if, if I was Brian Borland, just based on the way Kobe Bryant's played so far this season. The other thing that stands out is the zero interceptions like Quentin Ewers, right? You look at the game against BYU, and the turnovers were the great equalizer in the game, obviously, for Kansas. I mean, they two defensive touchdowns off that helps them win the game, yes. or wins in the game, depending on how you look at it. So... You come into this game against Texas, and I think the defense is probably going to have to force at least one turnover, maybe more, for KU to maybe win this game, yep. right? And if Quinn Ewers hasn't turned it over in the air so far this season, you're going to have to try to you know get an interception off of him or force a fumble or something. That's something that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on because, uh, again, I, I think if KU really wants to win this game, they are probably going to have to turn Texas over at least once or twice. Now, obviously... You can quote unquote turn Texas over in other ways. Maybe if you get a fourth down stop or whatever, something Special like that. Teams, you know, yeah. you can. There's other ways you can sort of ha- have those impact plays. But I think KU is going to need at least a couple of those types of plays. Uh, either again, fourth down stop, turnover, whatever, especially something like that. So the fact that he hasn't thrown any interceptions yet raises raises my antennas a little bit. Of mm-hmm. okay, clearly this is a guy that's been doing a, a good job protecting the football. KU's defense is going to have to come up with some some good pass coverage schemes to maybe try to force him into a, a mistake. Well, and, and obviously part of that is they're protecting him. They're keeping him upright. He's not under pressure. Texas offensive line has only allowed 14 pressures all season. Kansas wow. had 15 last game <laughs> as a defense, you know? So that's, that's pretty good. And yeah. I'm looking at the passing chart from Quinn Ewers. This is crazy. This, I think, speaks to the idea that it is more about... Like, I, I think Quinn Ewers is a talented quarterback. I don't think he's bad. I, I don't yeah. think that he's quite... Like if, I mean, if you're giving top, me an option, he's of, still top four. Quarterback I agree. In the I agree with that. But if you're giving me the option of Dylan Gabriel, Quinn Ewers, Jalen Daniels, I think I might have Ewers third. And here's the re: like I think so much of what they're doing is it, it. It is kind of an advanced game manager, where we have these elite weapons, just get them the ball. So I'm looking right now at the the passing chart. He is six for six throwing um, passes zero yards or behind the line of scrimmage to the left. Two for three to the right, 24 of 26 behind the line over the middle. So overall, for the season, Quinn Ewers on passes zero yards to the line of scrimmage or less is 32 
of 35 for almost 300 yards with two touchdowns, no picks. You take that out, here are his numbers at the other areas. Four of six uh, between zero to 10 yards to the left, 12 of 21 in the middle, two of three to the right. From 10 to 20 yards, one of one to the left, 14 of 22 to the middle, three of four to the right. From 20 yards beyond, uh, outside left, one of three, in between the numbers, three of 10, outside right, 0 of four. This is going to come down to Kansas has to be able to deal with short, quick passes, screen passes, and be able to make tackles in the open field on really good athletes. Yeah, and you go back to last year, I think one of the bigger knocks against Quinn Ewers was last year he was inconsistent, right? He had trouble with inconsistency. But last year, you had Bijan Robinson. So if Quinn Ewers was having an off game or whatever, you just run HB dive 20 times. I'm looking right now, under pressure this year, like limited sample size, it's only 13 passes. Four of 13 this year went under pressure. His pro football focus grade when kept clean is an 81.5. His pro football focus grade when under pressure is a 56. Yeah. And, and you could say, oh, well, that's every quarterback in the country. Like, of course. Um, the numbers are going to be different. Of course they're going to be different when you're under pressure versus when you're not. That obvious. But it's not as stark. Like here, for instance, is Jalen Daniels. When kept clean, 91. When under pressure, 73. Yeah. Right. So he's that's, still really good at both. Uh, which not maybe nearly just as speaks, big of a drop. Yeah. Maybe that just speaks more to Jalen Daniels is like insane. But like. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, so you, you yeah. touched on this to start the week after the BYU game that the BYU game was probably KU's best tackling game of the season, yeah. right? So that needs to continue against Texas, hands down, without a doubt. Oh. I think that needs to continue absolutely based off what you talked about of, you know, if Texas is going to get these some of their weapons, the ball in space, you have to make one-on-one tackles in space if you're Kansas. And then if, if you can somehow get Quinn Ewers, you know, rattle a little bit, under pressure a little bit, like I said, they this is they don't have Bijan Robinson. Now, obviously, they still have a powerful running attack, and this is a running attack that ran for nine thousand yards on you last year in Lawrence. So you still need to be aware of that. But mm-hmm. the KU run defense is coming off their best game of the season, obviously, and they've been pretty solid over the course of this you know this year so far. So maybe that's part of the strategy is if you can if you can tackle well in open field, maybe get Quinn Ewers on a little bit of pressure to where he's not as consistent or not as great as he has been so far this season to where maybe Texas looks to rely more on their ground game, and at that point it just becomes a real test for KU's run defense, right? Yeah, and uh, we'll share Brian Borland audio coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. I asked him, like, if last year, giving up the 400-plus whatever rushing yard serves as motivation, and he kind of cut me off to stop me right there, not like in a negative way. He, he kind of stopped me and was like, yeah, the 427, who's counting? So it is clear <laughs> that it is bulletin board material. They felt like they were tested. They were embarrassed last year, and, and that I, I think they're going to play with an edge this week. Yeah. Now, as far as something else, what they don't do well in offense outside of the maybe under pressure, which it's hard to get them under pressure, but if you can, it's it's obviously uh, beneficial your way. Oddly enough, the run blocking, is as good as the offensive line has been, the run blocking grades have not been there. They're 70th in the country on pro football focus and run blocking. The three interior offensive linemen have been more like average. The tackles have been really good for them, great grading out-wise. Um, so maybe that is something where, you know, you can avoid giving up a blow-up game, you know, stopping the run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you can stop the run if you're, if you're Kansas and tackle well in space and kind of, uh, again, force Quinn Ewers to be great to beat you, Maybe he, maybe he's not up to the test, right? Maybe he, maybe some of those inconsistencies that he struggled with come back to bite him a little bit in a game like this. Because honestly, when you look back at the BYU game, that was kind of how things played out. To where it felt like KU, they did tackle well, they stopped the run, obviously, and it was the game where Keaton Slovis kind of needed to beat them. And he, while he did make some great throws that did hurt Kansas to the sidelines, he also threw two interceptions. 
and you know, KU got the turnovers, and KU won the game, right? So if you could have a similar game, maybe to, like against Texas, to where if you're able to, to contain the run game and tackle well in space against the weapons that Texas has, then maybe Quinn Ewers makes a couple mistakes if you force the, the ball into his hands more, or you can get a sack on him or something and, and change the game that way. Uh, now, obviously, the big difference here, and what I'm saying is that Texas, the level of athletes that they have is certainly much higher than what BYU has to offer. So obviously, it's going to be, it's not as, it's not just a cut and paste strategy here if you're Kansas because you're going up against a much more explosive, talented offense. But you know, who's to say that it couldn't unfold in a similar fashion? Now, as far as the defense side of the ball, what Texas does well, they are third in the country in success rate. What does success rate mean? Well, if you've ever seen the stat before, EPA per play. I know this is going to sound like we're getting in the weeds. I'm going to try to explain this uh, because it's becoming a more popular term. Nerd. Well, I, I think this might be beneficial to people because you start <laughs> to see it more now around football. So EPA per play is expected points added per play. Basically, what it means is it's a measure of how... I don't know how many points you're adding. Like basically if you add 0.1, if your EPA is 0.1 per play, that means every 10 plays you're adding a point, right? And so what ends up happening is EPA measures a three yard run on first and 10 is not going to be a successful play, but a three yard run on third and three is because it moves the chains, right? Yeah. So it's taking into account that sort of thing. Success rate is just the measurement of EPA per play where you positive or negative. If you were positive, successful. If you were negative, not successful, right? <laughs> so the amount of times you were successful on a play is success rate. Uh, Texas defense is third in the country in success rate. What that means is basically they are a very solid overall consistent defense that does not give up you know, chunk plays very often, or uh, when they do, they, they don't stack them up. Like you, you, it, It's hard to have a sustained drive, basically, against this Texas defense. They're 18th in the country on run defense on pro football focus. Uh, they are 21st in coverage grade. They are an athletic, strong, dominant pass rush. They've got a bunch of guys in the front seven. They have 13 sacks this year. They are 23rd in the country in pass rush grade on pro football focus. This is the best defense that you will have faced to this point. Yes, and what? Probably the best defense you'll see all season. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to uh, Oklahoma because of their schedule. It's hard to tell. Yeah, stats wise, it would be Oklahoma, but I don't know. Yeah. with with their schedule, right? Yeah. But yeah, I, I think uh, this is certainly will be one of the top two. Yeah. So uh, coming into this game, I would hope to see Andy Kolnicki really dive deep into his bag a little bit in terms of what he wants to do and how he wants to play. I mean, listen, if you if you're Andy Kolnicki and you are outwardly saying, "Hey, I want to be the most stressful offensive performer in the country." It's games like this where you prove it. Yeah. Right? It's games like this where you actually do prove that to be true with whatever you know you're scheming up throughout the week. So I'm very very curious to see what KU does, and just uh, across the board, really. Right? How are they going to handle the Texas pass rush? Is KU going to be able to continue to be successful on early downs with the run game because that's what's really helped them the most? Is that Devin Neal's getting what six yards a carry at this point in the season? So if you can get six yards on first and ten, I mean you're really cooking at that point, right? And this is also going to be a real challenge for. The KU wide receivers. Uh, you know, Lawrence Arnold has been pretty quiet lately, and so is Quentin Skinner. Luke Grimm obviously has a two, had those two touchdowns against against BYU, but, you know, maybe those guys can win on a couple tight contested catches as well. And, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see what, what KU comes up with because you're facing off against an aggressive Texas defense, and I think KU's game plans offensively week to week have been staggered. They haven't been very consistent. And they've been mixing in a lot of different stuff, and that's probably part of Andy Kolnicki's plan is to show different stuff each week to help keep teams that you're about to play off balance. And I think KU's done a pretty good job of that. 
when you look at what they've been scheming. The one thing that I've that I've pointed out is the way they've used Devin Neal has been kind of the same in terms of managing his workload. Uh, maybe this is a game where you throw that out the window and say, listen, you're our best running back. We need you out there every play. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, this, this to me for Kansas could definitely be just an all-hands-on-deck type game. Like, this is your one shot. This is your one chance to, on a national stage, in a primetime Saturday afternoon slot, go out and show the country what KU football is made of, what KU football is about. That's your. That, this is your one yeah. chance. Yeah. This is your one, against against an, against a premier program. I know they've been on national TV more over the start and of the season. Will be and next they will be too, yeah. against UCF, but it's one thing to be on national TV against UCF. It's another thing to be on national TV against Texas. Right. Right. So this is and your a one top chance. Five version so of I'm, Texas. I right? would. Ex- yeah. So I would expect. I, I would expect an all hands on deck type of game. I think from Kansas on both sides of the ball. I know we're talking about the offense right now, but the defense too. But yeah, with the offense, I, that's kind of what I'm expecting. And you know, listen, Jason Bean, man, hasn't really had it. Haven't really had anything dialed up for him. I would Angus not be Louis. surprised if Jason Bean has something. Because well, they've, they've up thrown out uh, a couple plays where he's they've been had on the him field, out there, but he, he doesn't hasn't do anything. anything. That's so what you I'm think saying. They're yes. setting up for this. Absolutely, hundred percent. I, I I'm almost. Call. I would almost guarantee it that they're gonna. There's gonna be at least one play where Jason Bean is going to be throwing the ball or involved in a play because you're right. They did it a couple times against BYU, but Jason Bean didn't do anything. He just stood there. He yeah. hasn't. They have, he hasn't been utilized at all when he's been on the field. That probably changes against Texas. I would think. No, I think that's a good call. Um, now, as far as what Texas doesn't do well on the defensive side of the ball, I do think there are a few holes maybe in the secondary that you might be able to exploit. It's still talented players. They're still good players, but maybe if you compare them to like what Jalen Ford is and, and some of the guys they have on the D-line. Uh, they are 68th in uh, tackling grade on Pro Football Focus. Obviously, it doesn't help when you have to play like you know Alabama in one of the games, but again, I don't think that's an unbelievable offense or anything like that and you know that's that's been something that is as great as Kansas has been at at blocking open holes they do have the backs and the players that can break uh you know first tackles second tackles oh yeah uh things of that nature where Daniel Highshaw that dude yes refuses to go down which you know listen he didn't fumble against BYU but I'm not letting him off the hook that easy you got to do it again this week don't fumble well like Devin Neal right now is averaging 3.4 yards after contact Daniel Highshaw is averaging 3.7 yards after contact. Yeah. That's like not that far away from a good average before contact, <laughs> you know, or, or I mean, overall, like yeah. total, you know? So, uh, yeah, these uh, Jalen Daniels over two yards per contact. Dylan McCuffey, 2.5 yards after contact. So, like, these guys are doing well there, and that could be one thing. If you can stay on the field, sustain drives, this can be one of those games you have another 200-yard rushing game. I mean, huge. I mean, you rest yeah. the defense, too. So, yeah, those are things to... Uh, one of the thing on. that we haven't mentioned yet is... From the Texas perspective, Red River is next week for them. Yeah, you think possible look ahead a little bit? I I don't know. I, I, I don't like saying that because I think sometimes that can be overblown one way or the other. The reality situation is this. Texas is top five in the country at home against now a ranked opponent in Kansas. I'm I'm sure that the message in the Texas locker room is this is not the Kansas of old, right? This is not the Kansas of, of yesteryear. And the reality situation is, just as we've talked about, there's guys on this Kansas roster from the 2021 team that went to Austin and beat them. There's probably plenty of guys on the Texas roster that remember losing to Kansas mm-hmm. and are thinking, man, that sucked. Yeah. Let's not do that again. So, I, I don't know. I, I think it could be I, I, like the whole idea of Red River being the week after with Oklahoma uh, for Texas. Like, I don't. I think that that can be overhyped. I yes. think maybe it might be something 
a minor factor, but I think you could easily overhype that without without being in the locker room to hear the messaging from the Texas side or whatever, without being close to that. I think you can easily kind of overhype that thought. But, I mean, it, I'm hard-pressed to say that it wouldn't matter a little bit. But sure. at the same time, again, now that Kansas is ranked, this is not the Kansas of old. Texas, I'm sure, is aware of that. I, I feel like they are going to have their heads screwed on straight yeah. for this game. Uh, X factor in this game for me is that me and my parents will be there, and I've documented this before on the show. Your parents, you, they don't lose when your parents are there. Yeah, because right? so my parents were at the Illinois game. That w. obviously went very well for, for KU. Yep. Um, let's see. The game before that they were at was the Oklahoma State game the year before w. when they won to go yep. to bowl eligibility. Bowl eligibility, yep. Uh, I think the time before that the game they were here for would have been the uh, 2019 game against Texas Tech. W. When they won off yep. the you know block field goal return fumble. and everything. <laughs> um, they were there the year before for the TCU butt fumble. W. And then they were there for the 2016 game against Texas. W. My parents will be at this game. Does that do anything for you? I, I think I, Vegas should be listening because to me that should shift the line. <laughs> okay. Just shift the line. All right. All right. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We'll get to some uh, player audio. Henry Greenstein will join us later this hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. With Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That time on a Wednesday. We're joined by Henry Greenstein of KUSports.com, Lawrence Journal World. Uh, no updates to any of the worry, worry scales. No, you know, no need to, to dive deep into anything on Jalen Daniels. Nothing news come out with Lance Leipold and, I guess, the Michigan State job or, or any jobs like that. But uh, KU obviously has a big one this week, nonetheless, against Texas. Before we get to that, I want to circle back to the BYU game. Henry, what was it about the win against the Cougars that stood out to you the most that was – uh, maybe the biggest positive for KU coming away from the game. Yeah, two things come to mind right away. Uh, the first one is see the defense continuing to be opportunistic in a way it really hasn't in the past, and that can cover up for shortcomings in some other defensive areas, which I think we saw a little bit of, but I'm sure I'll talk more about that later on. And The second one is just the ability to control the ball on offense against what was thought to be a really strong defensive front for BYU. Um, particularly with Jalen Daniels doing it with his legs, with some of those big runs later on, but also with great contributions from Devin Neal, Daniel Highshot, and Dylan McDuffie. They just really ate up the clock when they had the lead and really needed to do so. Against a team with a great linebacker group, uh, I think they're going to need to do much the same against Texas and execute as, at even a higher level in those same areas. Yeah, so uh, moving forward to the Texas game, uh, let's start with the, the Texas offensive side of the ball ton of weapons all around the field. Quinn Ewers, a uh, good offensive line, uh, tight ends, receivers, running backs. It's it's a lot to deal with for a defensive uh, football team here. And the last two years, they've given up over 50 points in each game to Texas. Uh, they give up over 400 yards rushing to Texas last season. What, what would be your biggest worry for the KU defense in this game against the Longhorns? Yeah, I appreciated Brian Borwin's honesty today when he said they're they're good at every position. There's no weakness that stands out. I mean, I have to agree just in my cursory studies of Texas. The player that stands out to me as a problem is Jatavian Sanders, the tight end. Uh, he had an enormous season last year. He's on much the same pace. I believe he's still their leading receiver. And the way that KU dealt or did not deal with Isaac Rex early in the BYU game makes me very concerned about how they'll deal with an even better tight end. I mean... On, on BYU's first scoring drive, Rex had four catches for 41 yards. They slowed him down a little bit later on, 
But then they had trouble with the deep ball on the sideline. Not Kobe Bryant so much as the other cornerbacks, but trouble nonetheless. And uh, Texas obviously has those receivers who can punish you on the outside too with Xavier Worthy, Adnan Mitchell, uh, Whittington, and so on. And I just think the diversity of receiving options, it's something you talk about when you're talking about KU sometime, but Texas is just in another stratosphere with the way they can get the ball down the field. And I think KU's pass defense, which has shown some vulnerability over the top and over the middle, uh, is going to have to elevate it to a new level in order to deal with any of those guys, let alone all of them. Yeah, a guy that I'm curious about is Xavier Worthy, probably the best receiver KU will face all season. I guess with the way Kobe Bryant's been playing so far this year, if you're Brian Borland, would you possibly consider just putting, saying, hey, Kobe, go follow Xavier Worthy around the field? I guess, how would you defend on the outside maybe with a guy like Worthy out there? Yeah, my, from my understanding, they have similar body types. So I, I, I think Wordy's also kind of a, a slighter guy, and it, it makes sense. Kobe Bryant has, has not given up a lot when targeted, certainly not against BYU. Uh, I think that's worthy of some serious, no pun intended, worthy of some serious <laughs> consideration. Um, I, you know, but they do have so many other threats, as I mentioned, that you really cannot key in on one guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I think putting Brian on Worthy is not a bad way to start out the approach. But, like I said, uh, just seeing the space they were giving Rex over the middle concerns me for their ability to deal with the tight end as well. And I think uh, linebackers, people like Craig Young in particular, are going to be asked to step up a lot in that domain. On the other side of the ball, the Texas defensive line really dominated the Alabama offensive line. And I don't know, Alabama's offensive line might not actually be that good, but you still have a lot of hype to it. And uh, certainly Texas has some good athletes in that front seven. Jalen Ford's a beast at the linebacker position. What would scare you the most for the KU offense dealing with the Texas defense? Yeah, we got a battle of Jalen's, and both of them are uh, Big 12 preseason players of the year between Jalen Daniels and Jalen Ford. Uh, that's something to note. But, no, I, I think really it goes back to what I said before about the ability to control the ball. Texas has not given quartered teams in that domain. It hasn't provided a lot of space for rushing lanes. Every yard they're going to have to fight for. And the problem is that the success KU has had in the running game is what is allowing them to be so good on third downs. That third down conversion statistic everyone's talking about, first in the nation and third down conversions, is because they have not frequently found themselves behind the chains. You know, Texas doesn't need to stop every single Devin Neal rushing attempt, but if they hold them to if they hold them to a loss of a yard on first down or whatever, suddenly you're finding it a lot more likely that you're going to be in a third and eleven uh, a play later. Um, and that'll make it significantly more difficult for you to thrive in the areas that you've been thriving in uh, throughout the season. So that's kind of my concern is the, the defensive front, as good as it is, with players like Ford and all the depth they have on that defensive line, will kind of put KU out of system, as you might say in volleyball, or di- disrupt the natural flow of things um, in a way that prevents them from getting into an offensive rhythm. And we've seen that when they're out of rhythm, it leads to long, dry spells. KU's been utilizing Jalen Daniels rushing the ball differently throughout the course of the season. I think we've seen him kind of use different ways in all of their games so far this season. I guess coming into a game against a D-line like Texas, how would you expect that KU would try to utilize Jalen's rushing ability in that game? I mean, as long as the game is in question, I think they'll try to unleash him as much as they can. 
Uh, what I've been saying, I was on a, I was on a thing today with a rival site for Texas, and what I've been saying is, Jalen Daniels, with the possible exception of Illinois, has not quite gotten to like a superhuman level of play yet. Like we might, uh, you know, like he was when he was striving at the end of last season. I think this game for KU to stay competitive, they need him to be at that kind of unearthly level, and that includes running the ball and emerging as a threat in the ground game even more. Obviously, they didn't deploy him that way against Nevada, as we heard from Lance Leipold, because they were trying to keep him healthy. I think they will they will empty out the playbook this week, and they will try to get him in the open field, and uh, I, as long as that will help them get closer to winning. We're talking with Henry Greenstein of the Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. Is there anything that you feel like Kansas has to do well to have a chance at winning, to compete in this game on Saturday, that you feel like maybe there actually is a shot that they do have an advantage or or can win in one area that they absolutely must do on Saturday to compete? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, besides the Jalen Daniels thing I mentioned, I think uh, your attention might go to the pass rush. Um you know, off to a great start for the season. BYU not quite as great as you might hope in terms of getting Keaton Slovis off his start. And I know you guys disagree over just how good the pass rush's performance was against BYU, but I think it's clear that you're going to have to flush yours out of the pocket every now and then. You cannot just let him sit back there and take some of the deep shots that Slovis was so effective with. So I think, we, I think you know, a guy like Jeremy Robinson, whose name wasn't called a huge amount against BYU, uh, you'd like to see him step up more. You'd like to see Austin Booker continue at his prolific pace. And they're going to be rotating a lot because of the heat and because they already rotate a lot. Uh, so I think contributions from people further down on the depth chart, like maybe a Patrick Joyner, will be important. Uh, it'll be a team effort to build that successful pass rush and disrupt Texas in a way I was talking about Kansas maybe getting disrupted. The uh, latest Big 12 power rankings are up at KUSports.com. Kansas stays in at number three. Um, I'd be curious where, where you have my note. You had them, uh, I think you said number five last week uh, after the BYU, or before the BYU game. Uh, I'd love to know where you have them after the BYU game and uh, also how do you think this Texas game affects where they'll be ranked in terms of, I guess if they win, would they be number one? And if they lose, where do you think they would drop? Yeah, I think I couldn't remember if I had them at five or six last week. It might have been six, but this week I definitely had them at five. I have them below K-State, and I have them below TCU. I'm not sure if they're worse than TCU at this point in the season. And, of course, we won't see that contested on the gridiron this year, so there might not be a concrete way of resolving that. But, yeah, I have them at number five. Um, Like I said last week, it speaks to how well-regarded they are across the country that – my colleagues in Lubbock and Morgantown and Orlando and uh, Salt Lake and whatnot are, are giving them the votes they need to be in that number three spot. But, yeah, certainly if you beat Texas, you surge to number one. I, I think there's, there's no doubt, especially with Oklahoma, not looking quite as dynamic on offense as you might have thought entering the year. Um, if you lose, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. Um, I don't think you can hold it against KU too much, but – yeah, there's a chance maybe uh, a UCF could surge ahead of them with a good victory or something. Um, I don't expect to see KU move too far from this current spot unless things take a significant downturn over the course of the year. But 
like I said, definitely interesting to see the, the confidence with which my peers continue to put them in that number three slot. Maybe I'm just pessimistic. <laughs> yeah, considering the fact that when you kind of look around the Big 12, there's been some teams that have been disappointing to this point in the season, and if KU truly believes they are going to be a team that wants to compete for Big 12 title, how do you think that maybe changes how you might have viewed losing this game at the start of the year versus if they go on and, and lose on Saturday uh, in terms of their pursuit of going further and maybe getting like a, a possible rematch against Texas in the Big 12 title game later in the year? Yeah, honestly, I don't think this particular game has changed that much just because of how good Texas has looked. I think, you know, you could say, okay, at the beginning of the year, Kansas at Texas is the game that you think that KU is least likely to win. And then if KU has outperformed since then, or outperformed your expectations since then, which I think maybe they have a little bit, Texas has also done so because I don't think a lot of people would have expected them to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So I think that one has stayed roughly constant. What I think people maybe – I think there are a lot of other games on KU's schedule where it seems like they have a better chance of winning than they might have entering the year. An example would be at, at Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Not that KU has a lot of success winning in Stillwater, but uh, the Cowboys just do not look great right now where they've had one quarterback or three they have not been able to get it going. Um, at Iowa State and Ames, another one, although Iowa State just beat that Oklahoma State team and looked a lot better on offense than a lot of people thought they could. And even at home versus Oklahoma, before I would have said that was a huge stretch. Now I think it's only a little bit of a stretch. So to answer your question, I don't think that my perception of this Texas game has changed substantially in terms of how it might impact KU's prospects, but there are other games that I'd evaluate somewhat differently. Switching over to some KU basketball and uh, women's and women's, the, the schedules are out here as we're talking with uh, Henry Greenstein, KUSports.com. Is there anything you would most highlight or, or anything that, that stood out the most from the uh, schedules that came out for the KU women's and, and men's basketball teams in Big 12 play yesterday? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll start with the, the men's team. And actually, both of my observations are going to be very similar. Uh, for the men's team, I think it's that, that ending stretch that features uh, you know, Baylor, K-State, and Houston is going to determine a lot, may even determine the conference race. I'll be really excited to see how that goes. Uh, it's like at Baylor, at home against K-State, at Houston. Obviously, enormous games. and uh, does lead to the possibility that KU might be overperforming earlier in its conference schedule with all those games still yet to be played. Uh, it's also worth noting, we already knew this, but that they don't play at Texas because of the scheduling. So, that's one thing to note. And then they really just don't play most of the – with the exception of Houston, I believe they don't play any of the other newcomers more than once. So kind of interesting how that worked out. Um, in terms of the women's schedule, the main date on the calendar for me is ending the schedule with a home game against Oklahoma. That's a team that they played really close that ended up going to the NCAA tournament. Um, I believe both of the games were six-point losses. I could be wrong on that, but – the team that they were just within striking distance of and weren't quite able to polish off. So I'll be looking at that one for sure. And, you know, the competition in the Big 12 for women's basketball is going to be incredibly interesting this year. I'm really excited to see what that team is able to do. Obviously, Samaya Nichols brings a ton of buzz, but Playa Canesa has, has gotten good reviews as well, and there are some intriguing transfers to keep an eye on, adding to that mix of returning starters. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be really interested to see how those Big 12 schedules unfold. Uh, KU basketball also landed a top 40 recruit in the country in LeBaron Phylon the other day. 
what do you envision his role and the meaning of, of this commitment for uh, the KU basketball program in the future? Yeah, to some extent, it's going to be impacted by how long you expect various guys to stay in the program, obviously. Um, Dewan Harris has another year of eligibility uh, after this, and Phylon is, of course, point guard, so uh, someone for him to learn from when he comes in. Uh, I think that'll be super useful, but just, just how much playing time he'll get depends on whether guys like, uh, well, Marco Jackson in particular is the one that comes to mind. I don't know if Marco will be a one-and-done. A lot of draft uh, projectors seem to think so. I think to some extent that status depends on how much playing time he's able to eke out right away. Um, certainly that outlook is more favorable for him in terms of playing time now with Arterio Morris being suspended. Uh, and so there's a, there's a chance that uh, Phylon could have kind of one less impediment to making an immediate impact if El Marco Jackson ends up going to the draft. And yeah, I'll be, I'll be eager to see what he does. Clearly, he's really comfortable with the ball in his hands and uh, a scoring guard and whatnot, and particularly inside. And yeah, the, the, the 2024 class is shaping up quite nicely for KU between Corey uh, and LeBaron. And it'll be interesting to see if they can secure any of these other marquee prospects. I think I just saw. Emmanuel Steven is announcing in, on October 3rd, so that's one to keep an eye out for. He's Henry Greenstein of the Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. Uh, Henry, before we let you go, what do you guys have up right now at KUSports.com, and uh, what should people be on the lookout for? Yeah, check out. I mean, uh, we did a lot of good work from the BYU game. If you want to refresh anything from that, we had a few people chipping in. That was good. And like I keep saying, KU Hoops Preview is coming to your storefront and your computer soon. That will be with the Sunday comic section on October 8th. And put a lot of work into that, so would would love for you all to read it. All right, there we go. Henry Greenstein, Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. Appreciate the time, as always, Henry, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. It was a delight. That was Henry Greenstein joining us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Of course, you can check out the best of RCST podcast now at KUSports.com as well. One hour down, two to go. Greg Ostertag, former KU big man, is going to join us in the 4 o'clock hour. We got our KU mailbag coming up next. We also have some uh, Brian Borland audio, Florida Man Mad Libs. Those will come in the 5 o'clock hour here with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Four o'clock hour, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is KLWN, KLWN.com, or the KLWN app with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Uh, quick programming note, we were originally scheduled to have Greg Ostertag from the National Kidney Foundation uh, join us here at 4.30. There, there's been a, a scheduling hiccup, and so that will uh, have to be pushed. We're going to try to get him on tomorrow, but uh, no promises there. So uh, we'll be getting to some Andy Kotelnicki audio instead coming up later this hour. We also are going to get to some Brian Borland audio coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, and we'll have Florida Man Mad Libs coming up later on the show. Of course, if you miss anything on today's show or ever, you can check it out on the Best of RCST podcast wherever you get any of your podcasts and now available at KUSports.com. Thank you to everybody who submitted a KU mailbag question for the day. You can uh, do that at RCST1320 on Twitter or on email, RCST1320AM at gmail.com. I don't know if we're going to get to all of them this week. Uh, I promise we had a lot of them eventually. We had a lot of questions. Yes, we did. So thank you again. No, I I want to emphasize. Yes. Ask 
all the questions. Yes. Uh, because we will get to them eventually. All right, first one from Scott. If you could guarantee any number of consecutive regular season wins for football, but the men's basketball team would lose that many consecutive regular season games, how many would you pick? Um, gosh. Well, okay. So you hate these questions already, where I you hate, have to like sacrifice something. No, I do. I, I hate sacrificing anything. <laughs> so... Are we so obviously KU's already four K football is already four and oh, right? Yeah. So Wait, does that mean the number needs to be higher than four? No, I think it's from here on. Oh, oh, that's oh, what I'm oh, taking. oh, that's what I'm taking. Oh, yeah. Oh, four. Okay. That would get us eight and four. Easy. I would easily that's a slam dunk. Home run, I'm doing that. Ten thousand times out of ten. But it, you real What? I'm trying to I think I would do more than four. No, four is my max. Well, I don't know. You could maybe talk me into five, but I'm four. Four is four is what I'm doing. <laughs> well, if Kansas basketball, when they lose three straight games, it's it like is mayhem. Yes, it's like the you sky know? is falling. The world is coming to an end. No, I, I understand what I'm signing up for. That's why I'm only going to four. Because eight and four is fantastic. I don't care. I'm doing it. Give me ten. College football. Wait, no. With with eleven. You need eleven. Okay, eleven. No. Screw it. No. And then KU starts the year zero and eleven in basketball, and then finishes twenty eleven hottest team going into the tournament. Ah, oh, like the 2014 <laughs> Kentucky team or whatever. Yeah. They got the nine seed. Yeah, no, no. What I actually think I would do, I think I would take, uh, I would, I would take four. seven. I would take seven. Give me four. I would take seven because seven from here on puts you at 11 and 0. And then you're at a point where. No, it's not. It doesn't. It's not. Wait. What? Guarantee a number of consecutive. Oh, regular season. Okay. Regular season wins. Yes. I thought it was total wins for KU football. No, no. This is if you can guarantee any number of consecutive regular season wins. Oh, I thought it. I thought it was like total wins. You see what I'm saying? The message it says consecutive. I, I know. Regular I realize that. Yeah, I, yeah. I realize that now. Yes. Okay. okay. So four would get us to eight. No. Now again, if this. Now, is... Now wait a second. No, that's fine. Four is fine. Because I don't you... want to be eight. I don't want to be undefeated and then lose to Kansas State. Sure. So I don't want. So, but I think Kansas State's the tenth game. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. If you do seven in a row starting now, which again, if you have to count the first four and it adds on to it, but then it, you're going to lose to Cincinnati. Not necessarily. This is just the guaranteed wins. Anything that happens outside of the guarantee, you still could win. So I think the but Cincinnati. Then, game, I don't want to guarantee seven in a row losses for KU basketball. But see, to me, it gets you to a point where you're 11 and 0 in football. You have a chance to beat Cincinnati. Gets 12 and 0. Even if you lose Cincinnati at that point, you're in the Big 12 title. And if you win the Big 12 title, great. You're going to the college football playoff at 12 you know, I think, I think not, you're Scott going to New Year's knows Bowl. that I don't like these questions. Yeah. So he tried to cook up I one love that this I was really one. not I think like. this is very good. Um, but I understand I would be on the extreme with seven straight because that would cause mayhem for KU. Um, so I guess from here, if, if you can pick and choose, if you can pick and choose when you have the games. Like which games they win? I think you do three games and you start it with Oklahoma and that takes you through K-State, right? Or would that be four? No, you would need four. But four? Okay, then I think you do that. Your schedule is Texas, UCF, Oklahoma. Then I think... No, it's Oklahoma State. In or Oklahoma State, State yeah. then Oklahoma. So it's Oklahoma's your eighth game. Uh, Iowa State's your ninth? Iowa Question State, mark? Texas Tech, Kansas Texas State? Texas Tech, 10th, yeah, K-State. So yeah, so I would do four straight wins, start it with the uh, with the Oklahoma game, and then you have four straight basketball losses. Mm. I think that's another good one, too. Okay, uh, here's another one from Scott. Would you trade never eating any food with the letter E in it again for KU football to win three national titles in the next decade and KU basketball to win five? Okay, so full disclosure here, 
normally you and I do not discuss the questions ahead of yes. ahead of time. Normally we just keep it fresh. We keep it mm-hmm. off the top. We don't we don't we don't go back and forth. We did on this one earlier in the week. We because Scott submitted this question to us earlier in the week, and so we had a discussion off air about this. And gosh, man, I mean, the conclusion that I came to is that there is a lot of damn food that has the letter E in it. Okay. Now we also had some disagreements here. Mm-hmm. And this is where you might need, you know, I wish we could phone a friend and actually get Scott here to clarify. Because I said, if you wanted fried blank, so fried something, yes, that's fine. But fried no. has an E in it, and so Correct. you rejected that. But I'm saying that's not the food. That's how it's cooked. So okay. it's, and, and Scott's question says any food with no, the letter I, E in it. So, I so the food is not, does what not have I'm the saying, letter in it. No. See, so wait, wait. fried is fine, I think. The food, it's fine if the process is fried. If the food is called fried, like fried chicken, no, you I know. Can't fried have chicken I know would not work. Eating a chicken too, but you know what I mean. If the yeah, food is actually not called fried, but blank, like fried, I don't know, something else. If the process is frying it, that's fine. If the food okay, is actually so fried called potatoes. fried blank, fried no, because it, it, you said fried potatoes. That is the name of the food. That does not work. Also, there's an E in potatoes. You cannot do that. So wait, why? No, because there's still potatoes, and it, it doesn't matter how you potatoes cook them. has an E in it. Okay, fried potato. <laughs> See, okay, Singular. You're ridiculous. <laughs> if fried again has an e in it. You were de- you were describing. But the that's de- not the food. That's not the food. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it this is. is. How the food is prepared. It is not the food. Because you're making. Okay, what is a fried potato then? It's a potato. So you're just you're literally just dunking an actual potato in a fryer. No, you would you know chop it up. You know you can fry it a lot of different ways. You can fry potatoes in a lot of different ways. That's French fries. No, not necessarily. You can do fried breakfast potatoes. You can do fried whatever. Breakfast potatoes has an E in it. No, but again, that doesn't matter. It's only... You're taking taking this the complete wrong way. No, it's What is the name of the dish if it has an E in it? No, 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 no. no. have it. No, the food. It doesn't matter about what the name of the dish is. It It, matters what the food is. Yes, it does. It is about the name of the dish. No, the food. What food is it? (laughs) Right? No. What do you mean? No. No, it is the name of the dish. Would you do this or not? I don't know that I'd be able to survive because I don't know what I would eat. You can have milk. I mean, you can't have, have any shakes. The only the only non e can't even food drink beer that I could think of wine. was bacon. Yeah, you can have pork. bacon, bacon pork. and pork. But you can't have like what type of pork? You can have pork butt. You can't have pork tenderloin because there's an e in it. That's fine. I'm fine with that because um, that's the name you of can the have food. Pork ribs, pork ribs. But if I wanted fried pork, that's fine. But you can't can have, have pulled that. pork. No, you cannot have fried. Yes, pork. Yes, I can't because it's not it's, it's the pork. That's the name of the food. <laughs> You're unbelievable. But, like, seriously, what else am I going to eat? No, I would not take this trade. What else am I going to eat? I would not take this trade. I would, I, I mean, I just, I can't think of anything that I'd be able to eat. No eggs, no cheese, yeah. no bread, no meat, no beef. You can have pizza. No hamburgers. But you can't have cheese pizza. You can't have sausage pizza. You can't have pepperoni pizza. You can't have, like, you can have mushroom pizza. But, okay, now here's another, here's an, okay. I don't want to open up another can of worms here, but pasta. There's pasta, but then there's spaghetti. There's Alfredo. Yes, Those all have, have e in spaghetti. there. You can't have spaghetti. You can't have Alfredo. But there's other types of pasta that don't have e in it. Correct. You can't have pesto. But you I can, can have, have like rigatoni. Oh, I can have macaroni. Yeah, you can have macaroni, but, can't but have... you can't have mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you can have macaroni and I don't know what you can have because you can't have buttered noodles, you know? <laughs> you can have... That's a disaster. <laughs> can't yeah, have I, butter. I don't think this would be worth Can't it. have butter. Your day-to-day would can't suffer have, so you much. You can't even have pepper no. to, like, season with. No, I guess you could have a lot of, like, seafoods. Like, seafood itself has an eat, but, like, crab, salmon, um, salmon uh, what else? halibut, 
tilapia. Tuna. Sushi. Dude, I guess it would depend on the you'd sushi. You'd have to eat a lot Octopus. of tuna sandwiches. Yeah. Can I but again, peanut tuna sandwich with bread, though. Can you eat a tuna sandwich if it's a tuna sandwich with bread on with bread? You can have because it's called a tuna sandwich. Yes. See, that doesn't make any but sense. But you can't have bread on its own. See, but th- see, that does not make any sense to well, me. That's just how it works. Because bread, you just said you can't have bread because it's got to eat okay, it. But, but if you're going to break down the, have- if you're going to break down the ingredients, then we get to a point where it's like, well, it's made of molecules, and that has an e in it, so you can't have anything. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't do it that way. I think uh, your so logic no, is totally this. flawed. I would not take this. We spent too much time on this. I think your logic is totally flawed. Whatever. This one from Fred. Wait, are you taking it or not? No. Okay, neither am I. Fred, my sports superstition is I have to change the TV volume to whatever jersey number is being worn by my player who is shooting the free throw. I started doing this with playoff baseball for who was up for my team. Am I crazy? So Okay, I, I'm actually recap. pretty confused about this question. So basically, like, Udoka Azubuke. If he goes up to the free throw line, he's wearing number 35. He has to change the volume on his TV to 35. Okay. So, if, but then he talks about baseball. So, yeah, he's saying he was saying, like, like, I think what he was saying is, like, what, what number did Eric Cosmer wear for the Royals? 35. Okay. Well, that's actually funny that I picked the same one. Then he would have to put the TV volume to so 35. So, what if he's a Yankees fan and Aaron, and Aaron Judge comes up? He's got to put his TV volume to 99. Oh, my. 99. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to go deaf, basically. Um, <laughs> In college basketball, you haven't had to worry about this because numbers stop at 55. But now they don't. Yeah. Now you can have who knows. Okay, or is he crazy? I don't think you're crazy, um, but this is a little weird. Yeah. It's, it's not something uh, that I would do. A but, nicer you know, way of putting it would be you. dedicated. That's <laughs> yeah, a nice way of putting it. Passion, yeah, where's, passionate. Where's the line between passion, dedication, <laughs> and going too far, you know? It's like uh, throwing toilet paper on a tree at Auburn. Cool. Poisoning the tree. Not cool. You know, there's that yeah. line in there, right? Um, yeah, yeah, this is a little, the little too much The thing with me with the TV volume is, no this is something that's like OCD or weird for me, is mm-hmm. I don't like the TV volume to be on an odd number. So I am a... I am a Except I, for fives. Multiples yes. of five. So I do the same five. thing. Multiples of five. So like... Even numbers. 17, bad. 15, good. Yes. 14, correct. good. 12, good. 13, 13 bad. bad yep. 10, good. I do the same thing. 20, good. 25, yeah. good. But mm-hmm. 20, 26 is good. 27, no. 23, no. Mm-hmm. It's got to be multiples of five or even. Yes. No, I do, I do the same thing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, this one from Josh. Revisiting an offseason question, if you could add one player from last season's team who is no longer on the team, who would it be? I don't know if to this is football, football or basketball. I want to say this is football. Okay. You can do both if you want. That's fine. Yeah, sure. Okay, well... I feel like this would be football, though, because the, revisiting an off-season question... Yeah. We're yeah. still in the off-season for basketball. So. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, if you look at football... I mean, gosh. On the offense, you return 10 guys... And I don't know, like, how much are you getting if you bring Earl Bostic to this? Team? I think Dominic Pooney is better. Exactly. Like, yeah. well, how much are you getting? You know, then you go to the defense. Lonnie Phelps, I guess, gives you more depth right. on the D-line. That's your first answer you could go to. You could rotate then, even more. But then uh, you got everybody else back in the secondary, basically. And in the, I don't know, the linebacker. I mean, unless 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 you wanted to say, you know what? What if, what if hypothetically Lorenzo McCaskill had two years of eligibility left on his transfer? And you bring, and he's back on the team. Just add more depth there. Another year in the system. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that there is an obvious answer. Because, I know, the combination of the fact that, A, you brought back, like, you know, 19 of your total starters. What's Kai Thomas been doing? 
He I transferred to, was it Kent State? I think he is a, I think like he is a golden flash. Doing well. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, let's see. Kai Thomas so far this season has 53 carries for 162 yards and that is touchdown. Wait, no. That was his last year's stats. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. He has not played this year. I don't know if he's injured or what. Yeah. Okay. So, no. That but even if answer. Kai Thomas was back, he's your fourth best running back. Yeah. He's behind, he's, he's behind McDuffie, right? I think you have to just pick, take Lonnie Phelps by default <laughs> and be like, we're going to have another good defensive lineman. Yes. No. Or, again, if you could hypothetically give Lorenzo McCaskill a second yeah. year. But even then, I've been impressed with J.B. Brown, Cornell Wheeler, Rich Miller has taken another step up, and I've been impressed with him so far this year, and Barry Hill's been dealing with injury. I don't, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I think it'd be Phelps. Yeah. We have this one from Aaron. Uh, pick one. You have three options. Option okay. one, a win against a top three team on the road in Texas. So basically win this Saturday. Okay. Option two, beat Oklahoma for the first time since the 1990s in front of a sold-out crowd. Nice. And option three, beating Texas. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Uh, there were two options. This was uh, Aaron's input. Beating Texas probably does more for the program, but he'd rather beat OU at home. If OU beats Texas, that could make it a top 10 victory at home for KU. Yeah, I'll, I'd rather have the home win for KU, honestly. That's what I'd pick. Because here, here's, how I'm, here's how I'm envisioning things play out. Let's just say, hypothetically, KU goes to Texas and loses a competitive game. It's a close game, but they lose. Now you're 4-1. You win, you win against UCF at home, take care of business. You, you, you play against Oklahoma State and beat them. You're 6-1. and one. I would think 6-1 and one with your only loss being a close loss to Texas, you're still ranked at that point. Probably top 20. In the top yeah. 20. Oklahoma comes into town, probably either undefeated or with one loss since they play Texas. That's going to be a top 20 matchup. You win that game, 7-1, and one, give me Oklahoma. But also if you beat Texas, the memes, the laughs. The memes, well, okay, but here's Forever, the deal. because this is the last what, time. But here's the deal. What made the memes mean? It was the fact that Kansas was not very good when they beat Texas. So would the, I mean, the memes would still be good, like horns down and all that stuff, but it doesn't, what what made the memes great was the fact that Texas, Kansas was not that good. Yeah. See, I so also want to Kansas Texas because this good. is the one that's in front of me, though. And also. But dude, can you imagine winning on homecoming? Against Oklahoma at home, but here's the other thing: more de- definitely will be a sold-out crowd. I don't know if the spirit of this question was to say you're guaranteed to lose the other if you pick the one, but if you guarantee the Texas one, doesn't that make you feel better about beating Oklahoma? I guess that's true. The, the question doesn't specify right whether or not. Now, if this picking one of the two, I understand the OU one. I think I still am going to go Texas. Mm. There would be okay. something so funny about it. It I, would be I don't great. Know. No, it would. And be it'd great. be awesome. It would I be mean, great. We, seriously, if if Kansas won this game this Saturday, people are going to legitimately start talking about Kansas as being like a college football playoff contender. They're, yes. They're not necessarily that they're going to buy into it, but that they're going to have to I mean, ask you have the to question, ha- you are have they to. a contender? You have to. Right. Texas is a top three team. Yes. You have to have that conversation. Yeah. I now, give, give me Oklahoma. At home, homecoming, okay. last game against Oklahoma. You've come so close to beating them in the past. Yeah. Well, see, the other thing Get to me, done. if you beat Texas, the crowds against UCF and then OU are going to be... Bonkers because of it too. I think the UCF crowd will still be pretty good be regardless. Sellout. Yeah, and o- I'm expecting Oklahoma to be a sellout regardless. Also, okay. This one from Derek H. Um, question one: Biggest key to KU upsetting Texas on Saturday? Biggest key. Hmm. I don't know. This is a, this is a game that is kind of tough because there's a lot of different things you feel like KU needs to do well. So it's hard to kind of distill it down to one specific thing you think they should probably do. I'll kind of circle back to what I mentioned in the open a little bit, though. I think I think you need to turn Quinn Ewers over at least once, maybe more. 
And that that's, again, I don't think that that, like, if they do that, that means they're going to win. That just needs to be a big component of other things they also need to do well that will help them win. I'm going to say pressure the quarterback, and that goes in line with probably getting into If you pressure yeah. Quinn Ewers, you'll probably get a turnover too out of it. Yeah. You pressure the quarterback. We talked about this earlier. Quinn Ewers, 65 passer rating under pressure. Hasn't had to deal with it a ton. He's not an overly mobile quarterback. And if you pressure him, that's probably your key to holding them to maybe 31, 35 points, somewhere in that range. And, you know, that might not be enough because the Texas defense is really good, but that at least puts you in range. If you told me right now you're going to hold Texas to 31, would you take it? Yes. I think I would. And yes. I would say there's a chance Texas holds KU to under that, but I think you take that coin flip that the Kansas offense can get more than that, and you, you hope they're they're up for the challenge. Yeah, uh, question two. With uh, Artario Morris out, who is number seven? Um, I'm assuming this is for the, like rotation. In the rotation. Yeah, Parker Brown, Johnny Furphy, or Jamari McDowell? Honestly, it sounds like it might be Johnny Furphy at this point. Good things are happening yeah. with him. Well, I think so. Basically, this dude. Is when assuming, I saw PB, I thought because he wrote PB, I thought PB was like peanut butter. Peanut butter. Like, <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> eat it. Couldn't eat. It. There's knee in it. Um. Anyway, no. Uh, There's two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> In no, peanut and couldn't butter. even have peanuts. Couldn't have butter. Wait, no, okay. Um, if the, there's two E's, do they cancel out? It's no, fine. It's not like a math equation with two <laughs> negatives. No. Um, yeah, so basically the top six here, for what it's worth, just to clarify, you have your starters, Hunter Dickinson, KJ Adams, Kevin McCuller, one of Nick Timberlake, Marco Jackson, Dwan Harris, and then the other one of Timberlake and Marco is your sixth guy. Yeah. Your seventh guy, well, I, I guess this just depends the way you look at it. By seventh guy, because I feel like Parker Brown would be entrenched into the rotation as your backup center. So in a, in a sense, that makes him a more logical seventh guy, but I think it's less minutes per game than yes. like Furphy would average. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So I, I would, I guess, in that standpoint, and all the seven from Furphy sounds like he's doing pretty well. Yeah. So I, I, I would say definitely Furphy. Yes, I agree. I, I think McDowell. There's another tier down because it sounded like they wanted to redshirt McDowell. Now because of the Arterio news, I feel like that's going to be too hard to redshirt McDowell. You want him enough depth to kind of. Be able to do that, but I, yeah. I do think Furphy uh, and Parker Brown in front of him. Uh, number three here, how does LeBaron Phylon fit in next year, assuming he stays? Yeah, I thought uh, Henry Greenstein kind of hit this on the nail on the no, head. No, okay, wait. When he says next year, assuming he stays, I believe that would mean for his sophomore year? Is that what he's saying? Or is he saying assuming he stays committed? I think he's, I think he's saying okay. assuming he stays committed. Okay. That's how I read that. Uh, I thought Henry Greenstein did a good job answering this and basically saying... It kind of depends on what happens with the current KU roster. I mean, El Marco Jackson, if he's a one and done, the role for a guy like LeBaron Phylon could be quite a bit. Timberlake big. will graduate. Timberlake will be gone. You still have Dewan Harris. You could start and, next to Dewan. Yes, and and start next to Dewan and learn from Dewan and to become the next mm-hmm. the next guy. Uh, obviously, if El Marco is still on the team, then uh, maybe he's relegated to more of a, a tertiary role. But there still is a big role for that next year. Oh, yeah, think about it. With Timberlake gone, right now yes. we're talking about El Marco and Timberlake each playing 20, 25, 28 minutes per game. Yeah. Okay, now you lose Timberlake, and you look into next year, if you have Dwan and El Marco back, I think maybe both, both those guys, guys playing 30. 30 plus, right? Yeah. At that point, but and maybe Phylon's playing 20 minutes per game, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I think there's a, a very real role for Phylon uh, as soon as next year. Uh, this one from Keegan. How realistic of an expectation is it for KU football to find themselves in the Big 12 championship and possibly a top 10 team if they upset Texas this weekend, assuming we either run the table or drop one to two games the rest of the way? <laughs> seeing, a, seeing a comment that says, assuming KU football runs the table, <laughs> that just blows my mind. KU football running the table? This point, yeah. Like, what? Uh, okay, I'll say this. And you already alluded to it. If KU beats Texas this weekend, 
they are automatically in the top 10, automatically in the conversation for Big 12 Championship, mm-hmm. and automatically in the conversation for even, even if it is just briefly. Yeah. The Jalen Heisman talk ramps yes. up. Yes. Devin Neal Heisman All talk of that, ramps up. Yes. You All know? of that automatically is in play. Yeah. Because at that point, if you're Kansas, look at the schedule after Texas. You get the, the next two biggest games you have to play, Oklahoma and Kansas State, will both be at home. And hypothetically, if you beat Texas, you could probably go one and one in those games and still make the title game easily. And then at that point, yeah. you just take care of business against, you know, on the road against Oklahoma State, or Iowa State, Texas Yeah, even Tech. if you have one other loss to someone else, yes. 10 and 2 is getting you in. More than, yeah, yeah. Most yeah. likely. I mean, it would be a very rare year for yeah, like, it not like to I said, get in. If you yeah. go, I think if you, if you, Hypothetically, if you beat Texas, but then go zero and two between Kansas State and Oklahoma, you could still find a way to that. be out. I was agreeing with. I, I was saying on your standpoint of if you split between yes. those, yes, lose one other game if is you're an ten upset. and two. You'll be ten and two, bam. seven and two, and you have a tiebreaker over two of the other top three. Yeah. And the tiebreaker in the Big Twelve for like a three-way tie is how you did against the next best team and on down the line. So yeah, I, I think that would. Get yeah, you but I think all of that becomes fair game in yes. terms of discussing it. But after. how realistic of an expectation is that? What do you mean? If you beat, because that was the question. How realistic of an expectation is it that if they beat Texas, that they would go ten and two or eleven and one? That's oh. basically the question. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, because <laughs> my big thing is I don't like saying I, I still don't like saying KU's just automatic <laughs> yeah. guaranteed W's on the road. It's like you have to you look show at, it. They still first, have to go right? at Iowa yeah. State, at Oklahoma State. But if you win you at know. Texas, that is no, your toughest I know. Road no, I know. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean. I think if you if you beat Texas, to me the expectation becomes at worst you need to go nine and three. Mm-hmm. I agree. At worst, because right now I have because them as like an eight say, and four team. Yes, because you if, beat you beat, Texas, if you beat Texas, Texas yeah. I think worst case scenario beyond that would be you lose to Kansas State and Oklahoma and you drop another game somewhere. And that that but you're still nine and three at that point, right? Sure. So nine and three becomes the minimum expectation if you beat Texas. By the way, I'm looking at ESPN FPI, which, which obviously has that would, lots of faults, but uh, it has KU as a 0.1% chance to win the Big 12. How about that? Which, honestly, you know, 9-3, and three, yeah. that still puts you potentially in a down year in the Big 12 where maybe you know, maybe chance. Kansas State loses some games, maybe Oklahoma loses some games. You, you, that still doesn't put you out of the Big 12 title no. race. Yeah, that's how I'd view it. If you beat Texas, expectation for me becomes 9 wins with a chance at 10. That's just insane. I can't even I fathom that. That's weird. Uh, all right, this one from Keegan, too. This will be the last one we have time to get to today. Where does Devin Neal stack up against the other running backs, top running backs in the nation? Is he top five? All right, so who who do we think are the top running backs in the country? Right? What's well, weird because there's not that, like, B. John Robinson there's, type so guy I, I think, where it's, like, this obvious. Yeah, I mean, Blake Corum from Michigan, I think, is probably going to really be good. Their backup there. is honestly really good, Donovan too. Edwards, right? Yeah, Donovan name? Edwards yeah, is yeah. a stud. So I've both actually those seen guys. some mock drafts that have Edwards going like late first and and not um, the 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 Steeme guy for uh, Notre Dame. He's like a freshman. That oh yeah, yeah, he's leading yeah. the country in rushing yards. Yeah, um, Darius Taylor for Minnesota has like 530 yards. If we're looking at like some non-power five guys, uh, App State's got a good one. Same with Troy, Georgia State. Um, Amani Bailey's been really good for uh, so, TCU so far. What I'm hearing EJ is Giddens at K State. Devin Neal's top five. Um, I'm comfortable putting him there. Yes. In the country. When, like, okay, so I'm looking at the top rushers in the country. Right now, Devin Neal is 18th in rushing yards, okay? And among those guys, here are the amount of, of carries they have. 77, 105, 87, 80, 96, 81, 81, 50 for Jawar Jordan for Louisville. So apparently he's a stud. <laughs> 97, 57, 66, 61, 73, 65, 52, 
36 for some guy from Texas State. 63 and then Devin Neal, 57. He's on the lower end of that. When you look at the yards per carry for the guys that are up there, him being at 6.9, basically 7 yards per carry, that's one of the higher numbers. And then when you take out the guys who are in non-power fives, playing against maybe lesser competition, and you add it kind of all up, yeah, I think you can make a real argument Devin Neal is a top five running back in the country. Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right, that's all we have time for. Uh, sorry, Keegan has another question or two. Chris had some questions. Frank had some questions. We'll get to your questions at uh, some point next week as long as they're uh, time permitted and, and not anything specific with the Texas game this week. Uh, thank you again, and, and if you want to hit us up with questions, at RCST1320 or RCST1320AM at gmail.com. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. That's our KU Mailbag. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Andy Kotelnicki Audio next. This is a Rock Chalk Sports Talk News Alert. Office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on it. Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one. So if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call. Our headline experts have you covered. 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a Naples home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Mad Libs with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Welcome back to Rock Chalk Sports Talk, and it is that time on a Wednesday. Florida Man Mad Libs, Sam Speck in studio. What's up? Oh, it feels good to be back as always. Nick, Derek, thank you for including me in your fun. This is Florida Man Mad Libs, thank and you. here's just a uh, quick overview before we get into yet another week. Here's how it works. we got four legitimate headlines coming your way. The first one's going to have only one redacted word or phrase. The next three will have two redacted words or phrases. Now, of course, within the name Florida Man Mad Libs, they are legitimate headlines, mostly out of the state of Florida. However, that does not constitute the entire game. We could might hear somebody from Kansas, Ohio, New York, doesn't matter. We might be hearing a couple of these. However, it's just like those old Mad Lib games to where these two are going to be filling in the blanks. So if you'd like to just listen along or actually play uh, along at home with yourself, then feel free to keep your score as well. So once again, one point for the first one, three potential points for the next three after that if you only get both of them right or just one per correct answer. So, gentlemen, we are now in week 11 here of the summer season. Kind of, I, I like this intermittent summer season. It's a, it's a little bit more relaxed. It's a little bit more fun as well. But Derek... Yeah, keep it cash. Yeah, exactly. Keep it, keep it casual. But Derek right now is still with a significant lead. Do people still say cash? Keep it cash? Keep it cash? I don't think so. <laughs> they don't? Did they ever? I don't know. <laughs> okay, I said yeah, it. I, <laughs> did they ever? I said Alrighty. it. Well, you uh, can't stop me. Gentlemen, are we ready to go? You are people, and you said it. Yes, we are ready to go. All righty. Yeah. So, again, Nick and Derek, we get to hear what rabbit hole they dive down in terms of figuring out these redacted words or phrases. And, again, only one in this first headline coming at you. Blank attacks Florida man, bites him 41 times. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot of times. I mean, alligator, it cannot be alligator, I don't right? think it's alligator. 41 times. You would get dead. bit once and you'd die. My immediate thought before hearing the answers is this is like a ferret. I don't know why. A ferret? A ferret. I was some people thinking have like ferrets a, as pets. Like a small I was thinking rodent like, or something. Yeah. yeah. Some kind of fish. That was my first thought. A, a fish. fish? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Fish so. Fish could bite. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Here it is. The first uh, and the only redacted word or phrase within this headline is either an intoxicated woman attacks Florida man, <laughs> then bites him 41 times. Wow. A rabid otter or a snapping turtle named Bowser. Oh, man. 
Oh, that's so good. It is named Bowser. Oh, come on. These are good ones. <laughs> Rabbit Otter. Okay, I, I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the drunk lady. I think 41 times being bit by a drunk lady, like something is gonna stop it at some point. Either somebody's gonna intervene. Dude, I think or... you're underestimating the strength and power of someone who is heavily drunk. No, or on but like something eventually else, yeah. either that person if if a person bites you 41 times, you're either like knocked out dead or the, the person true. is getting pushed they can off. They give you like little, you're getting little tiny bites. I, I, not little if you're drunk. No, there's no way it's that little, one. little nibbles. No chances that one. Really? Uh, okay. Okay, tough guy. I don't want to do it. I'll tell you what. If you pick that one and it's right, I'll give you five points for it. Oh, wow. That's bold. Wow. But well, I don't again, know. Either I, the I, intoxicated woman, which is what he's betting against, <laughs> the rabid otter, or a snapping turtle. I kind of like rabid otter. to be the snapping turtle <laughs> because it's named Bowser. But I'm I'm gonna go with the otter because the otter is close to what I initially thought. A ferret and an otter, like isn't an otter basically just a water ferret? You know, in a way. No, sort of. I don't think bit. so at all. They're no. a little okay. larger. I think but I wouldn't consider wrong. them a rodent. No. 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 Yeah, I just mean no, like I, they're kind of similar, like smaller animals. That, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just sense. gonna go with the wrong. I think you're wrong. All right. So they're locking in with okay. the otter not even close okay so nick what are your thoughts here so are you think i mean you're, uh, you're not underestimating I'm kinda, somebody I'm down to go with the drunk woman if derek's gonna give me five points for again it doesn't way, say drunk it says intoxicated i'm showing to nick that is not like okay. that different than an otter it's, it's like a very mix of just an otter a little and a oh it's totally yeah, just what a little no they're totally different animals I know they, they be are. More I different. understand that. Again, they could not be more different. The headline I'm only not says in an ant to a rhino. <laughs> I will say this to Nick's credit. By the way, it doesn't just say drunk woman. It says intoxicated. So it could be mm. on oh. anything else. I'm trying to so tell you. You never know. It's just I'm gonna says go with intoxicated. The, I'm going to go with the lady, with the woman. Okay. okay so and I get Nick, five points. It, it, if it's right. If I guess you're right. I, I you, made the deal. I feel worse about Derek it. Derek made the deal. Intoxicated. Derek made the deal. drunk woman, but. Too late. Get back out now. Here it is. A rabid otter oh. attacks a Florida man <laughs> and bites him 41 <laughs> times. So you didn't have to give up the five points, and he came away with one. I didn't, as well, even, know, so. I didn't even know otters could get rabies. Can any animal get rabies? I'm pretty I sure any assume, mammal probably. could get rabies. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, think I thought it was can only get rabies. Really? Yeah. There's like, rabies, shots, rabies shots, shots, right? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Come on, gentlemen. All right. So <laughs> pretty sure if you get rabies, you turn into a werewolf. I think that's. Fact. I thought if you got rabies, you became like a zombie. Yeah. And you want to eat people's brains. You're a zombie werewolf. Yeah. Cannibalistic. Fact. A zombie werewolf. Nick coming vampire. around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Derek does sneak away with one, but remind you, the next three headlines coming at you, they have a potential of three points if you get both of them right. Now, if you only get one of the two redacted words or phrases, then of course it is just a one point value there. But let's get into it now two redacted words or phrases we'll only get to the first one first and then the second one in just a moment i love this one actually i love all of these these are ridiculous florida man detained after climbing blank then blank so we'll get to the second one in just a moment we'll figure out what he's climbing here first florida man detained after climbing into a drive through window on top of an ambulance or climbing a city sculpture Wow, then, these are all such good options. Yes. These are good options. These are so much fun. I love this week. I'm <sighs> telling you, the house was, came out to play. I, I love the drive-thru window option. He was mad that they so he got just the needed to reach through. The McDonald's, nuggets? The yeah, McDonald's exactly. ice cream machine was broken again. Yeah. And he's like, I'm coming in there. I'm coming in there to see if that machine's broken. I think you're lying. <laughs> yeah. I am coming That's through like, this window. I'm doing, the, I'm, doing the, I'm for sure doing You that, can't yeah. stop me. I was. That was love at first sight. When Sam read the first answer, I knew. I don't know, man. What if it's like... What if it's like a guy, and I know it doesn't say it in the headline, but I'm just I'm just cooking up a story here. The guy is like really hammered, and he like passes out, and they take him into ambulance to like for like alcohol poisoning or whatever. And he wakes up and he's like still party, and he's still in party mode, and he's like, let me get on the roof. 
Yeah, raise the roof. It's not a limo. They don't have a roof, like a thing you can go they through. Can yeah, get he climbs out, out and gets something. on the roof. Yeah, okay. It's possible. You never know. I, so Derek's I pretty... think that answer is possible. I don't think your story of how the answer happened is likely. <laughs> I think Derek's pretty locked in, though, with yeah, the drive-thru. Okay, the sculpture so one is a good answer, too, because, you know... Sure. Anybody could just go climb yeah, the Yeah, exactly. That's pretty readily I'm, available. I'm going with ambulance. Give See, your ambulance drunk story room. to me makes more sense with the sculpture one. Guy yeah, was just drunk and roaming downtown. around town, walking around, and then he was just like, I'm getting <laughs> tired. I can't make it home. Just climb up the sculpture and take That doesn't make any sense. If he was tired, why would he climb the sculpture? Hey, drunk strength is a weird strength. Maybe he I'll was like, you, what, you know. He had resilience. Some people, they, some people when they get drunk, this is mainly, I guess, for girls. They get drunk, they want to be somewhere high up. Maybe you just wanted to be somewhere high up. Yeah, see the town, you know, see the lights, whatever. Okay, so Nick, you're going to ambulance. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go okay, ambulance. Okay, so you're going to lock in there. Yeah. So here it is, second one. Florida man detained after climbing in either into a drive through window, climbing a city sculpture, or climbing on top of an ambulance, then stripping naked, <laughs> dancing and doing yoga, or reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Tough ones again. Okay, I'm feeling worse about the drive through one at this point. I already know exactly what I want. Give me, give me the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> okay. On I'm top just, of an ambulance. I'm give, just going to do me. the strip naked one. Uh, I'll just steer into the fact that he was really mad about the order that he got. It was wrong. He was trying to protest. So he went in, stripped naked, tried to freak out all the customers, and was like, if you get my order wrong, you're getting everybody's order wrong. <sighs> yeah, I don't feel good about your answer. I don't either. I don't <laughs> I'm just trying to salvage what I can. And you know what? Here it is. Everybody at home, get your answers locked in. I'm kicking myself because this was one of the ones that I thought the house was going to come away with, but... At least one person got a point. Florida man detained after climbing on top of an ambulance and dancing and doing yoga. Okay. I thought about picking the dancing one. It, it, I think it the doesn't make was, any sense. Because actually, if you think about it, that would have made more sense with my original theory. He's really hammered, and he wakes up, and he's like, dude, he life's the no, party. He pulled, go dance. Yoga. he pulled up to an active scene where an ambulance was and then climbed on top of the ambulance wow. and decided to dance and do yoga on top of the uh, See, What's the combination between vehicle? dance and yoga? Like he was no dancing idea. and he was like, oh no, I pulled the quad. I better stretch it out. <laughs> no. I don't know. Guys, we got some good ones. Tied one to one, though, Nick. Good job. Good job on that one. I thought the house was going to get. It I want to be really well this week. so bad. <laughs> All righty. So let's go to uh, Tennessee now. A middle Tennessee mayor, that's right, a mayor has been accused of either benching, like in sports, okay. Okay. manipulating, or, benching, like or body slamming. His oh. girlfriend's son over blank. No benching like uh, as if you were uh, like, like yeah, starting quarterback. Yeah, 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 exactly. Starting quarterback, coach too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Middle Tennessee mayor accused of either benching, manipulating, or body slamming his girlfriend's son over blank. Uh, Man, I just don't see how manipulating. I don't know how that fits. No, it could definitely. I mean, I don't know. Like how. That's what I'm saying. I don't really see how that one fits. Body slamming just seems really aggressive. <laughs> but that could so happen. unnecessary. Yeah. Why would you body slam a, a child? And again, I mean, that's why it's a headline because it was a crime. For disclosure, everybody's everybody's okay. fine regardless if it was Benjamin. Dude, I don't care. Body slamming. Under no circumstances okay, so should you be body Tennessee. slamming a child. This is Middle Tennessee. What do they love in the South? Football. Football. This guy became popular and won his mayorship by being a great football coach. Maybe he's like a high school football coach or something. Okay. Let's say they had some sort of dispute in the relationship, and he decided to bench the uh, the kid. Mm. 
Not Everybody's possible. like, well, why did this guy get benched? He's one of our best players. And then all of a sudden, the they kid, how, I'm this, going to bench Say how old the kid is in the headline. Uh, no, high school no. aged. No. So it was uh, either between 15 to 18. So Derek, uh, you're going to go with benching. Yeah, I'm going benching. Okay, benching. Like, I don't want it to be right, but I'm I'm going to go with body slamming. <laughs> Nick's going to go with body slamming. I just don't want to think just benching. a complete just, yeah. acceleration of, but uh, hey, again. I just don't want to think the same thing as Derek. The Middle Tennessee mayor accused of either manipulating, benching, or body slamming his girlfriend's son over poor grades, yard work, or a missed field goal. I mean, the missed, missed field, field goal, goal feels too obvious. You can pick poor grades. But why would missed field goal be a headline? That, that just happens in every... I think the headline would be that well, what if it was the mayor's slam? son I'm that going got yard work. I'm going yard work. The mom was upset that he didn't do the yard work, and then... The guy benched him. Oh. And then everybody that, that Friday night or whatever was like, why did he get benched? It's like, did he do anything wrong in school? Did he get back? You know. No, so didn't, yard work. didn't take out the trash. Dude, didn't do the yard yeah. work. Body slamming a kid over over poor <laughs> grades. I mean, that is, that is brutal. That is, that is, that is not right. Bet you he passed his next test. Just wait. Yeah. So Nick, where are you? If his next <laughs> test was physical education, he might have passed because he knows how to body slam people now. So are you going yard work too, or where are you going? No, I'm not going yard work. I'm gonna go again. Either yard work, poor grades, or a missed field goal. I don't have a good read on this. I kind of just, I kind of want to hedge my bet and go with missed field goal. <sighs> Give me missed field goal. All right, missed field goal for Nick. Here it is. A Middle Tennessee mayor is unfortunately accused of body slamming his girlfriend's son over yard work. Ah. Over yard work. So one so point, got a point each. Yeah, yes, indeed. Point. As we head into the final round, it, it wasn't That's pretty. That's not right. No, it's not. It and again, like I said, disclaimer, everybody's fine, except maybe his uh, current legal status. Yeah, hopefully that mayor does not get uh, reelected. <laughs> or at least gets charged yeah. correctly. All right, final one. Both you guys tied at two as we hit to this. And we get the ladies involved, finally. Right? Mm. Let's get the ladies involved. And we get back to the Sunshine State. Florida woman steals blank from her previous job for a blank, then leaves it in the hotel bathtub. What? Oh. All righty. So, I am going to be honest here. I actually have this, this is the house one this week. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh. I'll let Nick guess it for the fun of it. All right. Dude, for the fun. Okay, do, you have so a, do, you we, do you have a backup I actually was I wish triple I had blanket. A, I wish I had another one. Were you going to triple blanket? I, I had it as, uh, I might have had a different website too. A Florida woman allegedly took blank from previous job, kept in blank to use for blank. Well, I already know it, so it can't yeah. be one for the house. Well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> we how about this? We'll determine it this way. Nick, if you get two of the three right on my blank, well, no, he already gave you one of the blanks. Never mind. What did, did no, I? No, oh, the hot tub or the bathtub? Yeah, yeah. That would have been Yeah, blank. yeah. So, okay. I guess what, it doesn't matter. What if he gets it perfect? <laughs> if like, you get it perfect, I'll give you the win for the week. If okay. you get both wrong, I get the win. And if you get one and one, yeah, you guys are tied. You. Okay. Tied. That works. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's fine. No, that's fair. Yeah, All right, go for it. All right, so, who wants oh, to read it? You were uh, Derek or Sam? Well, it, it, he, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, we'll it's, already it's do this right one yeah. because he had bathtub as a blank, and I, okay, I included yes. that one in mine. So, Involving again, the bathtub. A Florida woman steals either a firearm, an alligator, or a cash register from her previous job for a blank, then leaves it in the hotel bathtub. So, again, either a like firearm, a cash register, or so an alligator. Obviously, alligator, if it's an option, that is... Interesting. It's certainly interesting. I, but I just I don't understand. Sometimes a red herring for the Florida. I'm man. not gonna go. I don't think it's a firearm. I'm I'm really kind of leaning either alligator or cash register. 
Yeah, this cash maybe. register makes sense from a previous job. Need some extra bucks for the whatever yeah, you're throwing. Give me, give me cash register. All right. Register. So Nick's gonna go with cash register here. So now we get into the second one. Florida man, uh, excuse me, Florida woman, ladies, getting mm. herself involved, steals either a cash register, as Nick had suggested, a firearm, or an alligator from her previous job for a gender reveal. Her bachelor, her bachelor. I can't even say it. Thank you, bachelorette party, or a birthday photo shoot, then leaves it in a hotel bathtub. So either a birthday photo shoot, a gender reveal, or her bachelorette party. I'm feeling pretty good about cash register at this point. I'm feeling confident. So now the question is, I okay, wild (laughs) thought, wild thought, cash register, okay? You know how they're like spring loaded, they pop open. That's where the gender reveal is. Like it just like spits out a bunch of chalk, like pink or yeah, blue like instead color of like chalk or something. Yeah, it open yeah. with you know with the change, it's whatever okay, yeah. pink or blue. Well, that's a, like a little small explosive or something like that, or yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Because like I mean, the bathtub party makes sense too. Because then it could she be like left it in the bathtub. Yeah, see, that's the part. That's what that's what makes me think that it might be not the gender reveal. Because that the bathtub, if if I'm going under the impression of the cash register being involved, I think the bathtub would lend its would lend credence to the idea that. There was some alcohol or some other substance that's involved, which caused some poor, some poor decisions to be made, which I think would lead it led more idea to the idea of it being the bachelorette party. You know, you have the bachelorette party and listen, ah, a little wine. Involved, you know, maybe it's like one of those things where vodka. they want to throw dollar bills on it. You know, whatever, have a good time. <laughs> and uh, you know, one thing leads to another, and it's in the bathtub. What was their option? Uh, again, a birthday photo shoot, the bachelorette, or uh, a gender reveal. God, I really wanted it to be gender reveal, but I, I think because I think the because of the bathtub. I'm going bachelorette party. All right. So Nick's going to go here. And, uh, oh, boy. What happened? You got them both wrong. <laughs> Derek coming away with another weak victory on, here. Man. Florida woman steals an alligator from her previous job for a birthday photo shoot, and then she left it in the bathtub. <laughs> See, that would have been, been a good That was the most the, r- ridiculous right. Dude, headline. I, I think my, it was 24 hours ago. It could have been more than a day story. ago. I liked my headline better. Honestly, you know, I want to know the story of this woman with the alligator. Like, yeah. what kind of well, photo shoot also, was that? Birthday photo I, shoot. I, mean, I guess. My Happy thought, birthday. The issue I have with the, with the alligator is, like, how many previous jobs have alligators for <laughs> you to steal from? Yeah, she worked at, like, a zoo or that's something. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, what? Like, what? Yeah. I don't, I, uh, yeah. That's why I didn't go with that. All right, but uh, uh, Derek with a one-point victory it. this week, and he'll take it. But, again, Florida Man Mad Libs on a Wednesday regular day. We are out once again. Derek, congratulations. We'll be back Thank next you. Wednesday. Maybe Friday. I don't know. Wherever we squeeze it in. But thanks for including me. You're fun. We're out for now. All right. That's Sam Speck with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Well, that's it. If you're listening on our podcast side, thanks for tuning in. Please give us a positive review if your platform allows you to do so, as you can find the show anywhere you get your podcasts with the best of RCST podcast. If you do have any questions for the show, whether it's for a mailbag, just something you think that would be fun to talk about, you can reach out to us on our Twitter page at RCST1320. You can also email us if you don't have Twitter. RCST1320AM at gmail.com. That's RCST1320AM at gmail.com. And if you want to listen live, 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday on KLWN, KLWN KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Have a good rest of your day and see you next podcast.